He's amused Cam Newton. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, would you have scheduled this game? He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go, Tario. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. See, he's just completely taken the wind out of my sandwich. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. They've had one shot so far the power play. Fox makes it two, and he scores! Fox will try to manage that again, and a goal! Tipped in by Kreider! Another power play goal for New York, and a 2-0 lead. They have a two-on-one across the line. Strong scores! Chris Kreider, he scores! On the backhand, 4-0 Rangers! Edel all alone, he scores! Locked it high in the air, there's an empty net. For Cobb, he scores! Morale might be at an all-time low today. Will? I'm going to need you to keep those sad songs coming. Oh, they're cute. Next three hours. Here's what I want today's show to feel like. When you've had a bad day and you just want to take a bath, not a shower, a bath, and you just want to sink your head beneath the water, that's what I want today to be. Also, Will. (laughs) He said a bath. (laughs) I don't want to hear hear your laugh. I'm not supposed to be laughing. You think this is a joke. No, I'm no, I You're, don't. I think you do think it's a joke. You're smiling. You think this is funny. You I think this is a game. Fan. Oh, clearly you're not though. Or else you wouldn't find that funny. No Kane's goal horn today either. Don't interrupt me with that because I associate that sound with happiness. So give me something else, anything else as a substitute to the goal horn. <laughs> Fine. That'll do. That'll do. A whistle. <laughs> That's that's the sound that marks Kane's hockey now. This sound here. Yes. I was there last night. I drove an hour and a half for that. I left after the second period. Because after the Rangers scored a third goal, I saw children crying in the stands. Like going up the aisle with their dad. It was a bummer. Ranta got hurt. Jarvis got hurt. You couldn't script a worse game seven for the Canes last night. They lost the game in the first period. And while I felt the Rangers played well, it was self-inflicted mistakes that got Carolina. Ranta misplayed a puck in front, forced Ajo to take a penalty. Guess what the Rangers did? Score on the power play. Chris Kreider on another power play. Left wide open in front of the net to deflect one home, make it 2 nothing. At that point, you're just thinking, you're doing the math in your head. Okay, well, they have two goals. It's in the first. So now, if you want to win, you got to score at least three. I went to East Carolina. I don't have the greatest math skills. I don't have the greatest education out there. But I know if one team scores two in hockey, your only chance to win is to score three. And Igor Shosturkin was not in the business this entire series of allowing three goals. So it was a bummer. Meanwhile, the Canes, they got power plays. Couldn't cash in. Adam Gold, 
Saw him last night. He'll be on today's show, too, even though we just heard three hours of him. He gave me this stat that I've been thinking about all day long today. He was doing the math old school style. I don't know where he got his education. I think the University of Maryland, back when that was an ACC school. He's writing it down on a piece of paper. How many power play goals the Canes have scored in the four seasons Rod Brindamore's taken the team to the playoffs and how many they've allowed. And he's tallied it up, 45 goals against on the power play, 21 scored. Not great. Also, they didn't get the breaks that you usually get at home. This is what we talked about yesterday. Did we really expect that the Hurricanes were going to go two rounds without winning a game on the road, and make it to the conference finals? I'm going to take that as a no. Usually when you're at home, you get the breaks. But I'd say, statistically, one out of every eight times, you probably don't get those breaks at home. And last night was that one out of eight. A couple of high sticks missed, as if it would have mattered. Then there were two injuries that were unfortunate. Truba, who was a headache the entire series, he knocked out Jarvis, leading to a penalty where Marty Natchez didn't know that he wasn't off the ice, came on, too many men, that led to the second goal. There was a no call on a cross check by Kreider on Ranta that led to the setup or set up the injury sequence where Ranta went down. And when Carolina got chances, Shesterkin came up big. The biggest save was probably after the second goal. Within 10 seconds after the Canes went down 2 nothing, they got a golden Great A chance, and Tara Vinan was robbed by Shesterkin. And Piotr Chetetkov came into the game. Made a big save as soon as he came in. Other end of the ice, fetch, had a break, and Shesterkin made the save. Very next sequence, that's when the Rangers scored the goal and children started crying in the stands at PNC Arena. It was a Molotov cocktail of the Canes playing poorly, the Rangers playing well, and New York getting the breaks. So, yes, morale was low. You couldn't have scripted a worse Game 7 for the Carolina Hurricanes. 336-777-1600, the phone number. Here's some good news, though. For a team that plays inside PNC Arena, Terquavion Smith has decided he's coming back to NC State. And this is pretty cool. College basketball needs more Terquavion Smiths. And... If you've gotten to know Terquavion at all, if you followed his story at all, it shouldn't really surprise you that he's staying. Some people it might surprise because they look at it and say, come on, dude, you might be a first-round draft pick. NC State, what do they have to offer you? Are they going to be even good next year? That's not really what this is about. He loves playing college basketball. Based on what I've been told today, He wanted to stay in college. He still wanted the experience of being a student. And he loved being at NC State, too. These guys exist. You could tell who comes from other places in the world, come from pro sports cities, pro sports environments, when they hear people talking about how they dreamed of playing in college but not in the NBA so much or not in the pros so much. In eastern North Carolina, where he grew up, Farmville, North Carolina, the name of the town, that's ECU and NC State country. Tons of NC State fans around there. And Terquavion Smith was one of them. 
the ACC's king out there, like it is in many parts of the state. So we grew up a fan, and I experienced this when I watched him play for the first time at Cameron Indoor Stadium this past year. And it still sticks with me. NC State was on a losing streak, Will. Things weren't going well for the pack. But when I saw Terquavion working out, he was warming up before the game, beaming ear to ear, cracking jokes, taking crazy shots, smiling. He looked like he was having the most fun he's ever had. And we hear people intimidated about playing in Cameron for the first time. Not him. Fully embraced it. And I was standing there in front of the Cameron Crazies reading the dirt sheet that they make. All the fan, One of the fans does a ton of homework on the opposing team, puts things together that they can incorporate in chants or yell at them at the free throw line. It's the legendary Cameron dirt sheet. And in all my years covering Duke, I've never had a player really know much about the sheets coming in. They maybe learn after the fact. But Dequavion came up to me holding a sheet and said, Hey, man, is that the sheet? I'm like, yeah. You mind, you mind if I read it? Sure, Dequavion Smith. He wanted to see what the crazies were writing about him. And the crazies immediately loved him after that, thinking, oh, well, this guy knows what we did. Why does he know that? Because he's an ACC basketball fan. He grew up watching basketball in the state of North Carolina. And he also played really well in that game, which, by the way, not a lot of people do the first time they go into Cameron. This is an example of NIL being a good thing. NIL gives guys like Baby T an option to come back because what it used to be was you didn't have a choice. Like, if you're going to be a first-round pick, your options are, do I make a ton of money or do I make no money? I think I'm going to choose a lot of money, even though my heart is still set on playing college basketball. It's why I believe Zion Williamson would have returned to school for a second year if these rules existed. I think he would have come back because he loved Duke. It's why I think Keels is going to come back ultimately, even though we haven't heard his decision or Jake Laravia's or Darion Sebron's yet. By the way, don't think Sebron's coming back, which might be a reason why Trequavion Smith thought, man, I'm going to get a lot of usage and a lot of opportunity to continue uh, boosting my draft stock this next year. This is what NIL should be about, a reward, an incentive to have some of these guys come back, not a recruiting tool to bring in unproven players out of high school. I think uh, Tequavion's going to be an all-ACC guy. Listen to what Coach K had to say. After this game, I've been telling you about it, Cameron, the first time that he saw Tequavion Smith. Uh, and Smith, you have, I, I call him the microwave. Uh, I think he, I haven't seen everybody in the league, but from the teams I've seen, I, there's not another guy like him where he, he, he can just boom, 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 points. And every time he gets it, he scares you because uh, he's he's good. All right, ready? Here we go again. This is The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. songs i'm actually impressed by it after the canes lost last night let's cheer things up around here though this is pretty cool so 
when I was at East Carolina, this guy was the baseball coach when I was cutting my teeth in the media, and he had a lot of really good baseball teams. So it didn't surprise me when I was watching the SoCon Championship over the weekend, and this guy, in just three seasons, got the Spartans on top and got the Spartans into the NCAA tournament for just the fourth time in their school's history. It's Billy Godwin who's joining us now on WSJS Sports. Coach, you're along for the ride here, and uh, you're on across the entire triad. How many years, let me start here for people who don't know who you are. How many years of your life have you lived in the state of North Carolina? Uh, probably all but about a year, so 56. Let's go with that. Yeah, so you're a Rocky Mount guy, and didn't you work for Coach Fox at one point before he was in Chapel Hill? Uh, correct. I was the pitching coach in 1989 and 1990. We won a national championship together at North Carolina Wesleyan and finished third the second year in 90. Yeah, then you were at Lewisburg College, East Carolina, as I mentioned, and now your third season at UNCG. One of the cool things I saw was after the game you were being interviewed, you got doused with uh, water or Gatorade or whatever it was, and you got pretty emotional. When you were in that spot, what was going through you in that moment? Well, it was just one of those situations where it became real. You know, what we'd accomplished, I mean, being uh, 14 and 22 at one point, 0 and 7, and then to watch our kids do what they they did with, you know, five straight elimination games, doubleheader Friday, doubleheader Saturday, and to handily beat a very good Wofford team who won our league by five. the, The emotions just got real. Uh, and I guess it wasn't real to the moment when they did that. It's been 10 years, Coach, since you coached a team in this tournament. How has that hiatus from coaching a team this time of year affected the way that you've enjoyed this run? Well, it has. I mean, I, I was you know I was blessed. I mean, my tenure between East Carolina and here, I spent five years with the New York Yankees. So I got to see every major – well, every college program in the state of North Carolina and South Carolina, and you know, I, I feel like I grew a lot as a as a as a baseball person. Um, and um, so, you know, I, what I learned stepping away from it, it's hard way, it's hard to win, um, and be enjoy it when you do, because I think too many times, as I, I always called it my windshield time, and I drove fifty five thousand miles a year when I was working with the Yankees and loved that experience. Um, that, you know, I probably the one thing I did, and I was always like, got to get the next, got to go. But I really, what I said when I came here is I want to enjoy this success. I want to enjoy the kids because that's why I coached, and that's why I got back into it. Let's just be honest. It's the impact that I hopefully can make on, on young men. How many guys in the Yankee lineup today did you get a chance to watch and scout? Oh, gosh. Whew, that's a good question. I know I have one that I signed. Who was that? Uh, he's, uh, Clark, Clark Schmidt. Mm. Um, he's having a really good year out of the bullpen for him. He's been a spot starter here and there. He was a first-rounder for us in 19, uh, 2017. Um, <clears throat> other guys, I got the opportunity in that lineup. I mean, I, I, I had two other guys we, we signed that they traded in the minor leagues that have made it to the big leagues. Um Brody Corner made it up with the Yankees last year, 17th round out of Clemson. And then Taylor Widener 
has been in and out of the rotation with the Diamondbacks. Um, but we, he was in our organization up to double A, and we traded him, and he made it to the big leagues with the Diamondbacks. It's UNCG baseball coach Billy Godwin with us here, his team going to the NCAA tournament. And it's a really cool thing to see it happen. Um, going to Statesboro, I think this is the first time Georgia Southern's hosted a, an NCAA tournament regional. How much do you think you're going to draw – on your past experiences in this tournament to help this group that's never been here understand what it's about. Because, Coach, I vividly remember you guys advancing to a Super Regional by beating South Carolina when they had some guy named Jackie Bradley Jr. Oh, yeah, and Whit Merrifield, and I can keep going, <laughs> Sam Dyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that, uh, you know, and you're right. I mean, the experience, and then, of course, Greg Starbuck is, is my assistant. Greg, longtime assistant at Elon, was at Clemson for five years. So regionals aren't unusual for us. I think that 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 experience bode well for us in the conference tournament. Uh, we just stayed focused on the task at hand. We stayed in the moment. We didn't get ahead of ourselves. We had a plan going in. Our kids executed the plan. I always say this, Josh. I mean, strategy can be correct, but if execution's poor, the strategy always looks bad. <laughs> and uh, they pulled it off and they give our kids like, the credit. So I think just keeping them grounded and staying focused in the, you know, in the moment. Stay, you know, I always talk about being where your feet are, staying in the now. Um, and that's that's what we'll do. We won't get way ahead of ourselves. And you know, we expect to go down there and compete and win. Do you like the draw? Uh, yeah. I mean, this time of the year, I don't know if there's a good draw or a bad draw. I mean, all these teams have earned the right to be there. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, uh I mean, I know that they're they're very good college programs. When you're hosting the NCAA regional, much like we did in '09, you had a pretty good year. So Georgia Southern is going to be a great opponent for us. I mean, certainly, and and you'll appreciate this. I uh, get rekindled with Link Jarrett, who was my assistant at oh, East wow. Carolina, oh, wow. and Notre Dame. Notre Dame is going to be there, and then you know I, I go back with Tim Tadlock, who's at Texas Tech. So I know all the coaches well. You know, that are in the the tournament we're in. So. Um, we're, we're excited to have the opportunity to go compete. Makes me nostalgic talking about Eastern North Carolina and such. Uh, you've got Billy Godwin with us here from UNCG. Actually, let's close on that note. So growing up in Rocky Mount, just how big of a deal is Phil Ford there? <laughs> Phil Ford was a little ahead of me, uh, <laughs> but he was a big deal. You're number um, two, though, right? You're number two on that oh, list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I, Phil Ford, Buck Williams. Uh, <laughs> played at Maryland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, Phil Ford went to the wrong high school. He went to Rocky Mount Senior High. I went to Northern Nash. So right. we we didn't even acknowledge that school over there in Rocky Mount. We we were we were the country folks, you know, <laughs> out at Northern Nash. But uh, but uh, Rocky Mount got a great sports history. Danny Talbert, Mike Tyson played in the big leagues from there. I mean, it was Rocky Mount was a really really fun town to grow up in. And a really cool experience to be a you know be a youngster coming up through that town with Phil Ford, Buck Williams, you know those types of guys coming along. Yeah, Northern Nash. See, it was Southern Nash that Peppers went to school to, I believe. Correct, correct, yeah. and that's where our student taught, by the way. So uh, I've got a little bit of history with Southern Nash too. You ever run um, into Phil Ford before? I have, yes, I have ran into him. I ran into he was honored at a, a dinner about four years ago. I was happened to be at. Off of George Whitfield, who's another North Carolina Eastern oh, no legend. And um, I got a chance to meet Phil Ford, took a picture with him. Uh, and it was, we talked about Rocky Mount. And it was a really cool experience. The pride of Rocky Mount. 
who's also touched so many other corners of the state. Billy Godwin, taking his team to Statesboro, already done so many great things in just three years at UNCG. Wish you continued success, Billy. It's good to hear your voice again, and I hope we're talking next week, talking about your team being in a Super Regional. Thanks for the time. That, that, that would be amazing, and I appreciate you. appreciate you uh, promoting athletics and young people. The man is a lunatic. Smells like a gym bag. The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. This falls into the category of inspirational sad song. They have another song. This is Band of Horses, by the way. Called Never Gonna Love You. Or no, wait. No one's gonna love you. Mm. Sounds like a sad song, right? It does. But there's a turn to it. Uh-oh. The chorus goes, No one's gonna love you like I do. Ah. So, actually, kind of a happy song. I see. This song, The Funeral, top shelf sad song. This segment's called Who's to Say? Where, by design, we don't know what we're going to do. We're playing sad music because the Canes lost. We'll get back to the Canes in just a little bit. But if you want to steer the ship, so to speak, 336-777-1600, on Twitter at WSJS Sports. I think we have imaging for this. I forget. Who's to say is the name of the segment, though? Too cheery. I don't want it. <laughs> you don't want it? I don't want it. Get rid of it. Sad songs. That's all I want today. Yeah, let, me, uh, let me see what I can dig up. Here. Can you give me Band of Horses again? That'll make me feel better. Let me let me go dig this up for you. Or anything else. I just want to no, wallow. I think, I think. I just want to wallow in it, Will. I'm having a rough day. Having a rough go. It's not good. Kane's got blasted last night. Gas prices are, are ridiculous, and I drove an hour, a three-hour round trip to watch that. And I left early after the third period, as AG pointed out. Or after the second period, I should say. That's better. What is the best sad song? See, I don't really listen to sad music like that. What? No, I'm, I'm more of a... You don't have your moods? I'm, I'm more of a happy and happening guy and... I don't know. I, now, I will say... Ghost in the Machine that we had earlier. B.O.B. B.O.B. That's probably up there for me. It used Back when I did, used to listen to more sad songs, you know, when I was young and getting my heart broken. And not, I'm uh, a Coldplay school. fan, man. <laughs> when Fix You, Fix You got me some, through some, it fixed some stuff. Fix You. Sometimes you need a good cry. That's the part that's forgotten in the Jim Valvano clip. Uh, if you're going to have, if you laugh and you cry every day, what a day. That's 
an important piece of the puzzle. Sometimes you just need a good cry. I think it's healthy. When's the last time you cried? Ooh, I don't know. I don't cry a lot either, but maybe I'm just too happy. No. I'm tr- I'm genuinely trying to think the last happiness, time I Happiness sadness is required for happiness, I yeah, believe. It's it's the balance of life. No. You need rain I'm, in I'm, order for things to sprout. Let's see. The last time I cried was probably I was at a wedding about a month ago. Let's see. I cried at the wedding, which means I have no shot at my own wedding. You going to lose it? Zero percent chance that I hold it together. Okay. Yeah, my my one of my best friends. I was his best man two years ago, and I'd never seen him cry before. Yeah. And we were speculating whether or not he was going to be able to hold it together. And I honestly thought he probably would, but sure enough, as soon as she came out, like, done. fellas, ladies, done. Is it a bad move to completely lose it at your own wedding? Three three six seven 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 one six hundred. Not at all. I think girls eat that up. Okay. Well, I'm asking. And I teared up a little bit when my buddy did. I ain't gonna lie to you. Well, I mean, that was one time. You don't. I hope you wouldn't lie to me. No, I wouldn't. We're talking about being dudes. Yeah. Getting sad sometimes. Seven 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 one six hundred. Yeah. Part of me wishes Darren Vaught was on the show right now. Oh, me too. Just call him. See what he's doing. You want me to? Yeah. Okay. I want to ask him the last time he cried. That's all I want to do. He probably would appreciate it. This is called Who's to Say? It's unplanned. So we'll just call people up. Be sure to tell them we're on air. It's not yeah, like that's a, that's a good little detail. Josh wants to talk about his feelings right now. Well, then why am I talking to you, Will? Why is that happening? want to figure that out and i also want to get to a pet peeve that i had from last night at the canes game where apparently it's a popular thing now and it's gotten really ridiculous people yelling random nonsense during the national anthem that's a thing that happens where it's gotten i think way too far at some places, it's common. The Orioles have a bunch of fans that they yell, Oh! During that part of the anthem. Okay, if it's planned like that, fine. Or everybody yells red. I didn't get him. We didn't get Darren? No. It's fine. Hang on. Oh, somebody else was calling. Let's go on now. Well, get that person who's calling real quick. Well, I will if they call back. Sorry about that guy yeah. or lady. We want to hear about your crime. Or let know. me know. If it's a good or a bad look that I cry profusely. There he is. During my wedding. But again, last night during the national anthem at the Canes Rangers game, people yelling random nonsense during the anthem. Do you think it makes you look good? In reality, it makes you look stupid. And I'm not doing it from a, oh, you got to be patriotic and respectful standpoint, albeit that's what I believe in. It's like, what are you doing? No one is wanting to listen to what you have to say. You just look stupid. We have Garbage Mike on the line here. Garbage Mike, what do you got? Josh Graham, you're not a man if you don't cry at your wedding. That makes me feel good. But how far is too far? I don't think at the wedding. I don't think 
I don't think there isn't too far. So I've been married to the beautiful Mrs. Garbage Mike these five years in December. As soon as the doors opened for her to come down the aisle, I lost it, man. You know, I don't remember the first 20 minutes of my wedding. I was told it was nice. How long was your wedding? We, we did about a 40-minute wedding. Oof. Ours is going to be about yeah. 25. Whew. Yeah, you don't want to. I didn't want to go to the, have a wedding where it'd be like, you know, five minutes long. I mean, you're paying a lot of money. People come a long way to see a show. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a show. That, that's The reception going to be the show for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yes. Garbage that's, Mike, that's I appreciate that input. You know, that makes me feel better. Uh, all right, bud. We'll talk to you. Yeah, there he goes, Garbage Mike. That's some good feedback there. That's what it was like at my buddy's wedding. As soon as she came around the corner, done. A lot of Rangers fans last night, too, to point out. I, I know. I saw your tweet about that. I was kind of surprised. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything for uh, who's to say? Um, Off the cuff? I ended up having that hot. Did you end up having a hot dog yesterday? Well, not, I went to. You went to the Canes game, but did what'd you eat the Canes? For lunch, I went to go. I went to Costco. It was closed. Oh. So guess who's going to Costco tonight? Uh-huh. This, that guy. I, I realized after going to Costco on Friday. See, I've done a lot of driving. I don't know if you've noticed. Just a little. I get my gas at Costco. Headed there tonight because they keep the cost low. They do. And uh, I've noticed that different Costcos have different items. Really? Strangely. Give me an example. You know, if I go to the Winston-Salem Costco... They have those big 50-bag boxes of chips that are variety packs. Right. And I can never find a box that has all brands of chip flavors I like. And for years I've seen it. So I've had to deal with, well, you're just going to have a bag full of Funyuns by the end of it because you don't like Funyuns, and the Funyuns are just going to sit there. Yeah. But then I went to the Greensboro Costco, and they had one that had five different chip flavors, all of which that I liked. It was Man, we got regular Cheetos, Lay's Classic, Lay's Barbecue, um, Ruffles, Spicy Ruffles, which was good, and I think Fritos. Five for five. Go into that bag, get whatever I want. So I bought that box from the the Greensboro Costco, where I do not frequent. And when I go to the Winston-Salem Costco, there aren't. Not the same amount of items that you have there. Mm. Also, not the same gift cards either. So if you want to get one of those gift cards at a good value, shop around. See, Even at multiple costs. These are the things we need to know. That's right. Getting the co- I'm getting a hot dog tonight, though. Sure, I didn't get one yesterday. So I'm gonna I've got to get one now from Costco. You've sold me on it. Tonight. That's what I'm going to do. You going to get one tonight from Costco? Probably can't tonight, but... Okay. I will be doing it before this week is out. Right. That's been Who's to Say. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham on WSJS Sports. Drink up, baby. Stay up all night with the things you I don't know if you filled Permar in, but I'm sure he's cool with it. Oh, I did. We're only playing sad songs today because we're sad. And 
Elliot Smith, I think, embodies the mood that we're talking about today. Hey, Hayes. Uh, yeah, sports are over for the year. See you, uh, see you in September. He's on Twitter at DHPIV. You can watch Sports Channel 8, the streaming show, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And you could also listen back if you can't listen and watch back on YouTube and other social platforms as well if you miss it live. Hayes, what's your level of bummed out today? Zero to ten. a seven um it doesn't feel like they were like like if they were just you know dominant in the first round dominant in the second round really making you feel like they were going to win the stanley cup we're up three one in the second round and all of a sudden just you know their their goalie got hurt i know their starting goalie was hurt but like if all of a sudden out of nowhere they collapsed where whereas at one point you believed they might win the stanley cup the way it was going they felt like they were you know, uh, winning coin flips more than just pressing their will on the other team. And so it didn't feel like they didn't feel like they missed out on the Stanley Cup opportunity because it, it frankly felt they weren't good enough this year. But still obviously bummed um, that they, you know, didn't go further, didn't go at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. Or obviously if you get to the Stanley Cup, then it's just one more coin flip, uh, and that one's for all the marbles. So um, I'd say seven overall bummed. It hurts. Because I look to my left in the studio, there's a TV screen on, and I see Kornheiser and Wilbon, the first topic that they're talking about on uh, Pardon the Interruption, is, and the question that is put on the bottom third is, how did the Rangers win so easily? Making me feel really good today. Well, I mean, I'm sure that question was already queued up yesterday. I mean, ESPN has uh, been just licking its chops for the Rangers to advance. Uh, and play the um, you know two-time defending Stanley Cup champ. So that, nobody was more excited than uh, the cheering that was going on in Bristol after the game yesterday. Yeah, I took a leak next to Sean McDonough last night in the bathroom. We had a nice chat about Fenway in between um, periods. The, the, uh, somebody had the audio of – it was partly like McDonough was talking about something else. I don't know if you caught this because I know you were at some of the games. I think it was – game seven it may have actually been game six but basically the hurricane score and like mcdonough doesn't even like call it as it happens <laughs> and then he's just giving you his editor report like oh by the way the Canes threw one in the net there it was uh i think it was festikoff uh, anyway looks like the rangers are gonna ship up the line a little bit you know it's just it was um it was it, it got silly at one point what bother you the most about how things transpired for the Canes losing four of their last five games to close the season. Yeah, it does. Uh, it stinks that they didn't have Freddie Anderson. I mean, at, at this time of the year, everybody's dealing with injuries. And, like, yeah, I also think it stinks that the best players didn't necessarily have their best performances, and that that's what you need. And you start to – I mean, you know, it's a lot of fun to talk about Ajo and Fetch as these – awesome, you know, 20 and 21 year old players when they're younger. But now you're like, you know, uh, are you committing to these guys as superstars and they're just really good stars? You know, it's like, it's like the, the, the Chris Middleton conversation, right? Like, is he an all-star because he has good percentages and he doesn't turn the ball over a lot? Or is he an all-star because he is actually a guy who in, uh, you know, championship moments can become a, a superstar type player, you know? And I think, 
that's some of the questions you have to have about guys like Aho and Fetch and Teravainen and even Slavin some now. You know, I, mean, I know he, his goal isn't necessarily to score, but like just somebody's it just has to look like uh, they elevate their game. So going back uh, to the Freddie Anderson thing though, you started with, I left yeah. the game. I regret leaving the game now, kind of, not really. Uh, I left uh, after two periods because they weren't going to score four on Shesterkin. We kind of knew where it was headed. And I I went home. It was an hour and a half drive back to Winston. But the thing that I kind of regret was I listened to Rod's press conference, and nobody asked in that spot just how close Freddie was to coming back. Now, he was, you know, Rod's been cagey in talking about that subject. But usually when the season ends, that's when you get guys spilling the beans. That's when you learn that a guy on the Capitals was actually playing with a sprained MCL or learn how bad these things are than just upper body and lower body injury. Maybe we learned that Freddie was actually a lot closer than we thought, that if Carolina were to win last night, maybe Freddie's in the lineup at some point during the Eastern Conference Finals, the same way that as great as Cam Ward was in the run in 06, they still needed Martin Gerber to start a couple of games in the Eastern Conference Final that year. Yeah, I hear you. And, and it just it, it would have been nice to see, again, no, nothing on Ronta. Ronta was great for uh, you know a couple games he was really good for the overall playoffs i think he performed above what your expectations of him would have been but their whole thing all year was they had a one two with where, where ronta was the two right like you just would have liked to see like maybe they win the boston series in five or six games maybe they're even healthier going into new york maybe new york i mean new york even said the coach said uh you know, with like all of us saying we're not the better team here, so we're trying to get into a game seven where basically anything can happen, and that's exactly what they did. Whereas if you have a Freddie Anderson in there, you know, again, maybe maybe they don't feel like that could be their philosophy because they don't think they could last seven games with us. They've got to be a little more wide open or try some things in some early games, and you end up beating them early too. It, there's just a lot of dominoes that go from not having the team you played to start with. And, again, that's – that's in every sport and every team. Once you get through the postseason, by the nature of being at the end of the season, you're probably talking about some major injury. So it's not like there's extra sympathy for the Canes. But, um, you know, when you go back to your original question of, it, I'd be super bummed out if Freddie Anderson was in there and they looked like a dominant team and then all of a sudden the bottom fell out. This made me less bummed just because this version of the Canes partly through injuries and partly because it's what we've now seen them to be. Um, they're, they're not the number one team that everybody's gunning for. They're somewhere between the third and sixth best team in the NHL right now. And, uh, you know, we've seen teams in all sports sit in that spot for a while. And the question is, can you do the things, whether it's, you know, um, scheme a little bit more, grab one player to make a difference, grab a leader who moves everybody in the right direction. Uh, we'll, we'll see what, if that happens over the next couple seasons while they still have this core. I am bummed out. Hayes Permar is at a 7 out of 10. I'm at a 17. Will Dalton, he's got uh, sad songs to queue up in a game that we play called Skips or Plays with Hayes. Hayes Permar is somewhat of a renaissance man, an expert in the finer things, but he hangs his hat on music. Loves this God, and he's no friend of Satan. He was like, oh, six, getting busy with the sticks, been watching Big Mike and Lil' Trick. I just need a Zion and someone he can dunk on. Today, Hayes will decide if this music is smash or trash, glows or blows. It's time for Skips or Plays with Hayes 
Okay, Will Dalton, you got to bring it today because we're now, we're angry and we're sad, and now we're trying to figure out the right type of sad music to play. Where are we starting? Let me see if I can help with that as we start with little Johnny Cash, and we'll go with Hurt. Oh, wow. I hurt myself today to uh, see on, uh, like a trailer for some X-Men movie or something. Am I crazy here? I think I that might be God's Gonna Cut You Down, which is another late Johnny Cash song. Sooner or later, he's gonna cut you down. Much like a, like like an or- origin story or like a backstory of a comic book hero. Um you know, it's probably uh, probably sacrilege in North Carolina to, to hate Johnny Cash. But just because it feels like Will doesn't love this song, it feels like Will Google searched sad songs and he thought that uh, that this one seemed cool. So I'm totally judging Will here and saying he can pull it himself, and that's why I'm skipping it. Hate it. It was actually a suggestion from me. Okay. It, it, well, I, that fair. Will needs to know, I feel like, Will, you need to pick your songs that you, not every time, every now and then you have to fill out the category. But you need to stand on your own two feet, pick songs that you know and care. Don't worry about if Josh likes them. Don't worry about if I like them. Authentic songs that you know and pick will be the better song. I subscribe to this message. I subscribe to it. All right. All right. What is the next song, Will? We're going to go with Everybody Hurts. Oh. Okay. Classic, classic. <laughs> is this Mount Rushmore of sad songs, Hayes? I mean, yeah, just like uh, Michael Stipe sings every song as if he's in pain. So, like, that helps. <laughs> you know, and, yeah, everybody hurts. The delivery. Yeah, like, he didn't, he didn't if, even if the, the words he was saying were just blah, 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 the way he sings them, you're like, oh, yeah, this is sad. This is this guy's in pain. You don't even need the actual meaning of the words. It's a good tune. We'll make that a play. Hey, I love Michael Stipe. Really do. And that is sad. But there are, like, different genres of sad. Like, Will's been playing sad songs every single uh, segment of this show by my request. And we had, I think Country Sad might be the saddest of the sad. That's sure. right. Like, Hank Williams, I'm So Lonesome I Could Die. Is about as sad as I think music can get. Or how about how about uh, he stopped loving her today? Whoa. Little George Jones. Or I don't know what you got queued up here. I got a feeling it's not Brad Paisley and Allison Krauss uh, whiskey lullaby. But man, that's a tough one. That's a tough hang too. All right. Well, this is yet another Josh suggestion really it I, is I, I shot you a ton of music today i didn't know yeah. if you were going to use any of it yeah. so actually hurt by johnny cash i don't think you suggested that you did suggest johnny cash but i think it was something else hurt was my choice okay. the, the first two were my choice this is all josh this is going to be sex and candy mercy playground hanging around downtown by myself 
Now, hold a second. Before before Hayes, before Hayes says anything. There she was. I got a couple this questions. Is, this is a conversation that me and Will had today where I okay. said I didn't know if this was a sad song, but it sounds like a sad song. I don't know. First of all, did he call it Mercy Playground? Did I hear that right? Mercy? He did say yeah. that. I believe that's Marcy Playground. It is. I saw them open for Ben Folds in the spring of 98, maybe. Um, and I don't remember any other song they had besides Marcy Playground. No, it's, I mean, I don't know what to do. Like, I, uh, on, on whether or not this is a sad song, I'm in complete disagreement. Not a sad song. Uh, but as a song, whether or not I'd skip or play it, I'm playing it, so I don't know. You, hey, you Spermar. I'm only trying to determine whether or not Skipper playing it to play. Is the goth is the goth movement fundamentally sound, like or fundamentally sad? I mean, is goth um, music sad music? No, at its because core? It, it, it's uh, being it's sad music that makes people happy. It, therefore, it cannot be sad music. I'm not sure. Here's a good one: Is Elton John's sad song sing say so much is that a sad song or is it just a song about sad songs not a sad song and you, and you know it's, what it's, it's, it's just a song about that song correct i'm glad hayes went there because i almost I actually had that queued up and it sounded too chipper and i'm like you know it, what that's off beat for what we've been doing today it's, so it, it's a great discussion though there's a discussion about this also like songs that know that they are a song, songs that are sentient, that refer, like, like Elton John has one, you can tell everybody this is your song, like a song that is aware that it's a song. So it's, it's, it's a related question in the philosophy of music. Is a song about sad songs itself sad, or is it a happy song because it's about good sad songs? When you're talking about songs that are reflective on itself, Elton John, is uh, this song the same way? Yeah, he's got. He may have a couple of them. Yes, um, songs that uh, that that yeah know that they are are themselves songs. Uh, maybe I you know uh, I, I don't know if my my list ranked one to ten, but I know he came to the triad recently to Merle Fest. Colin Hay, I just don't think I'll ever get over you. That is a sad song. Very right sad. There. He played it. It was very sad, and he only played it on a guitar. It was really a bummer. Very sad song. Do you do you seek out sad music? When's the last time you cried, Hayes Fromar? Sad, here, yeah, now, see, I'm going to get honest with you. A uh, song that, that you're not looking for. I, I cry fairly often. Same here. My, uh, my sister passed away about 12 years ago. And now, like, even songs that are supposed to be, like, sad love songs, really, they don't, they rarely talk about the, the romantic part. It's just about missing people, right? So now, just, like, every sad song even even if it's supposed to be missing like former girlfriends or whatever it's mostly just about missing people so most sad songs make me think of my uh, my late sister the so. last uh, i appreciate you sharing that the last time i cried was at a wedding a few a few weeks ago do you cry at weddings no i rarely cry at weddings i cry at funerals all the time but i don't i don't, I don't cry at weddings i also have a, an announcement to make um What's your announcement? I I, we didn't plan this but yeah due to some um dietary um, options that my wife and I will be going through. I, I may not be drinking at the Josh Graham wedding. Oh, just, my just God. Could, oh, no. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's top shelf liquor, man. It's top shelf. 
Graham's like, I only got liquor because I knew Permal was coming, and he would chastise me on Twitter if I didn't have an open bar. Top shelf, we Hayes. Top shelf. I'll have to see if we're making any any. Uh, I, I've been pushing to no no exceptions, and then I kind of realized we if we do it this month that, that uh, it's going to include your wedding. The interesting thing though is I've always pointed this out. People love to say you've seen me do some crazy things, and people are always like, "Oh, Permar's been drinking, right?" I don't need to drink to do crazy. This things. is one of your greatest points, and I am right here with you. This is where we're yeah, aligned. You make the point. Mostly, I need you to be drinking, yes. so it's like less acceptable for whatever's going. But I don't really actually need to be drunk to take off my shirt and dance on a piano or make up a song or do it or roll a piano into. Uh, it often involves pianos. Maybe you don't have a piano at your wedding, but whatever it is. I don't need to get drunk to tear it up on the dance floor at your wedding. Um, I, it just helps when other people are a little bit looser so that they don't talk about me as much when I do these things. I might try to get a hold of the set list that the band's going to be playing at the wedding so that way Hayes Permar can review it. Or maybe that could just be the first skip or play that we do after the wedding. We'll do every one of the, the songs from your wedding. <laughs> we'll just take an hour-long skip or play. All right. <laughs> Uh, you really, I, I love Soul Man. That was a great start, but I really could have done without uh, uh, the Whitney Houston here. It was a little too early for that. A little bit too early, and is it is it a bit on the nose how sweet it is while they're cutting the cake? Let's just, no, let's how, just try how sweet it is is good. It's, yeah, as long as yeah, uh, that's a great wedding song. Got to play that. That's a good first dance song, by the way. No, I was saying how if it's is it on the nose if they play that while you're cutting the cake? How sweet no, it no, is. that's okay. That's okay. That's acceptable. Right, just writing this all down, getting it all down. Hey, uh, appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. We'll do it again.